Hello and welcome to the latest edition of China Inc. by Bamboo Works, where we discuss the latest business and financial news from China and what it all means. I'm Doug Young, Bamboo Works editor in chief, and I'm joined today by Renee Vangustin, one of our founding partners, who's also a longtime China watcher from an investment banking background. Today we'll take a look at former financial flyer Fosun, which appears to be headed for some debt turbulence. We'll also look at an online dust-up involving sportswear giant and Olympic gold medalist Li Ning, which has become the latest victim of an attack from online nationalists. Fosun.、Uh, this is a company, probably a lot of our our listeners have have heard of, but、um, they're one of the last Chinese big financial conglomerates that's. Sort of still intact after a huge buying spree over over about the last ten years,、uh, but now Fosun is starting to look a bit a bit dodgy as well. They've they've just announced that they're going to sell up to eleven billion dollars in assets, and、uh, that's to raise cash because they've got a huge amount of debt coming due in the next year.、Um, Moody's is is very bearish on this company. They they think they're very at very high risk of default. Um, you know, just because they like like all the the Anbang and the who's the other one HNA group that came before them. You know, they just bit off more than they could chew.、Um, and you know, this is no small company. Just to give you a sense, they 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 own the Club Med Resort.、Um, they actually own Cirque du Soleil, and then they own、uh, one of the top insurers in Portugal. So, Rene,、uh, my question to you is, you know, how? Do you see this all ending? Do you think they're going to follow in the the footsteps of Anbang and HNA, which the government, you know, essentially let collapse, or or do you think the government might step in to bail these guys out, or or do you think they can do it themselves? Frankly speaking, I don't know. The way I look at this is yes,、uh, it's, it's it makes sense to compare them to HNA and to. Ambang and what happened to、uh, those guys?、Um, somewhat, somehow, I always looked at Fosundo、uh, historically,、uh, and I've known about the company for probably ten years. I always looked at them as being more professionally managed,、um, stronger at all levels of management. Obviously, private company, but. With the backup, or at least the support of、um, the various government、uh, entities, especially in Shanghai, they grew too fast. Yeah, I think they grew too fast. I think they grew too fast in too many directions. Went into you know fashion, for instance, which,、uh, frankly speaking, never really made a lot of sense to me. I could understand、uh, Cirque du Soleil and Club Med because they thought that、uh, consumers in China, well, we now obviously <laughs> looking at pre-COVID, were increasingly going to、uh, spend money on leisure time and travel and 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 all of that with growth in、uh, discretionary money, which obviously. Right now is you know I wouldn't say all but gone, but that's a very different environment. You know, Moody's sees the companies at very severe risk. Well, you know, to some extent, you always have to be a bit careful with the rating agencies. It, it, this may just be an overreaction to the fact that they missed the boat with the real estate sector in China. Every time they miss the boat in a spectacular way, those. 
rating agencies then all of a sudden become more, you know, Catholic than the Pope on some other target. So I don't know, we'll see. But yes, the company needs to shrink. Uh, this is not an ideal economic environment to shrink at, uh, you know, ensuring maximum valuation on what you dispose of. But, um, you know, they're in businesses that are pretty important in China and strategically important going forward, such as pharmaceuticals. So I would expect that somehow they will find a way to shrink strategically, gradually, and, uh, and they'll survive. Come out of this uh, intact. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead to our, our final story, which I think is, is probably one of the more, the, well, it's of the stories we've talked about so far, the most colorful. Um, this is a story involving the, the Chinese sportswear brand called Leaning, which uh, not, not Leaning, but uh, L-I is in the surname Li and Ning. It's actually named after the famous Chinese gold medal Olympic gymnast. Um, and they, like I said, they're a very famous uh, sportswear brand here in China. Uh, they're often compared to sort of like the Nike or the Adidas of China. Um, anyhow, Leaning has found itself at the uh, center of a bit of controversy, uh, basically facing the wrath of online nationalists. And the whole thing began because uh, Leaning basically released a new line of, of winter clothing and one of the hats in the clothing line, some people online thought looked like hats worn by Japanese soldiers during World War II. So of course, this is a very sensitive topic in China and, and Leaning got accused of all sorts of, you know, being unpatriotic and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, it, it took a toll on the stock. I think the stock lost about 17% over the last week or so. Um, you know, and, and what's interesting is that this kind of online nationalism used to be, it, it's a relatively new phenomenon, but up till now, it's really been mostly uh, channeled at foreign companies. Uh, so this is one of the first times we've seen it channeled at a, you know, at a Chinese company and not only a Chinese company, but one whose founder was, you know, a, a sort of a, a bit of a national pride himself. Um, so question for you, Renee, is, I mean, what do you, make of this? Do you think uh, this is just Chinese companies now are, are fair game as, as much as Western companies are? Well, well, I would say welcome to the 21st century and welcome to the 21st century in China. We obviously looking at a very specific issue here, which is really in the Chinese environment. But People using social media to put pressure on companies or accusing companies of being evil or whatever <laughs> is not something that is limited to China. I mean, we see that in the Western world too, um, particularly playing around the culture wars and, and all of that. The not so good side, in my view of social media, is that a limited number of people can very quickly develop uh, oversized influence if you think in terms of uh, number of people driving these efforts compared to the uh, entire population or even just the consumer population. So that's one thing. The second thing is that obviously 
It, there is something that is very specific to China here, is that there is no pushback on those nationalistic attacks against previously foreigners, and now, yes, a uh, what you would consider as a flagship company in, in China. Uh, whereas in the West, um, when, when you have people going to the extreme right or the extreme left, you have a major pushback from the population in general, through the media and so on, and even through the government. Here, there is nothing like that to push back against that. So, mm. unfortunately, I don't see, you know, where it's going to stop um, and why it would stop. It will, it will stop only the day that there is a major pushback. Um, and I think that the pushback to change this would have to come from pretty high up in, um, in the political system in China. Okay. So, and I, I just wanted to ask you quickly to, to sort of wrap things up. Um, you, you work with a lot of Chinese companies. I mean, do you see them including this in their crisis PR plan or expressing any concerns or, or taking any steps? Or do you advise them, you know, to look out for this? Or is this so new that nobody's really doing anything yet? Well, I don't see I don't see anybody doing something really about this. And I mean, frankly speaking, even in the U.S., companies got caught a bit flat-footed. Most of them, when addressing uh, some of these issues and some of the uh, pushback. And I think a perfect example, visible enough in the U.S., is uh, Disney and how they got dragged into a you know what you could. See, it's comparatively a similar difficult situation, which which is basically in the middle of uh, two sides that look at things very differently. So um, the, uh, I think companies are going to have to pay attention to this, though. Um, Western companies were forced to do that earlier, especially in the apparel sector, uh, when uh, the whole issue around uh, Xinjiang cotton developed, you saw what happened with companies mm. such as H&M and Nike and so on, and they were forced to address it. Um, I think that the Chinese companies um, that are in the consumer sector are going to have um, to pay attention to this and, uh, and improve the way that uh, they look at how they're communicating to the world not just through advertisement, but through their products, through the design of their products and, and, uh, and, and how their products are perceived uh, or could be perceived. The world is getting more and more complicated. And, uh, you know, a Chinese company in the apparel sector may find a way to, uh, you know, not get into trouble with Chinese consumers, but then could potentially get into troubles with consumers somewhere else in the world. So right. this is this is becoming a lot trickier, and and companies that will thrive uh, going forward are just going to have to be very good at uh, not just addressing all these issues, but preventing them from happening in the first place. Ah, well, that's that's always the the ideal, but uh, not always so easy right. to do. I guess we'll we'll see what yeah. happens when Leaning and these other guys start trying to sell their stuff abroad. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, this is not just a matter of PR, this is a matter of corporate philosophy and how a company looks at uh, how it makes its products 
and who it fails them to, and uh, and what it means and what they mean to different people in different parts of the world, and obviously including in China in this particular case. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, good food for thought. All right. Uh, so let's uh, wrap things up here. Uh, but. Um, you know, had some some interesting topics here. Uh, thank you so much for taking part in uh, this issue of China Inc. by Bamboo Works, um, and we look forward to seeing you again next time. Thanks, Renee. Sure. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you all.